A bad Hornets offseason gets even worse right before the regular season. We discuss LaMelo Ball's injury today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube and a big shout out to Prize Picks. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Doug, let's dive right into it. We got the results of LaMelo's injury today. It is a grade two ankle sprain, the injury that he suffered in the third quarter of this most recent preseason outing against the Washington Wizards after playing 20 minutes against Washington, had that injury. Steve Clifford crossed his fingers. I don't know how much his crossing of the fingers helped. It could have been worse, but there is still going to be some time missed. As Shams Sharania put out there, that LaMelo would be expected to miss a little bit of the regular season. We're not exactly sure how much time, but he's going to miss some of the beginning of the regular season. What do you make of the news before we dive into some bigger picture stuff? I got this tweet here from Jeff Stotts at In Street Close, uh, an injury analyst for Smart and Rotowire. And Jeff says that a grade two sprain, also known as a partial tear, here are some other players to sustain that kind of ankle sprain. Mike Conley, John Morant, Trey Young, the average time lost is about seven games or 19 days. Now we should note here that there is a little bit of time in between uh, when the preseason ends and the regular season picks up. So if that estimation is based on you know just normal regular season kind of scheduling, then maybe perhaps if that ends up being the timeline, then uh, he could miss even fewer games than that. But you're absolutely right. It could have been way worse. High ankle sprain, grade three ankle sprain. Then you're talking about months and not weeks. Um, that would have been devastating uh, to his development, to the Charlotte Hornets development. Um, so honestly, Walker, I think this is kind of great news. Uh, great, great news that it wasn't a lot worse. And I know it sounds weird to say great news. Obviously, you don't want anybody to get hurt ever, especially in the preseason. It's so meaningless when they get hurt, when anyone gets hurt in the preseason. Uh, because, you know, everybody's gearing up. It's not about, you know, giving it your all for a regular season win. But at the same time, look, you know, this get, I think this opens the door. It cracks open the door for a discussion, uh, hopefully oh, that's yeah. happening internally within the organization right now, to start discussing what the expectations for the season are and if they should at all be influenced by the fact that there are two draft prospects that are currently showing out right now and showing that they could be franchise changers. So, yeah, th- I we could spend a, a, an entire segment show on this where we're doing 40 minutes per segment. So I want to try to – this is where I get a little out of control, and I'm trying to temper what I need to do right now. David Tepper, no pun intended. Oh, wow, Tepper. You just... mean – I think you meant temper, but you've been talking about David Tepper probably yeah. for the past 72 hours straight. I, I just – I said Tepper <laughs> instead of temper, and I just went I, – I went in on David Tepper today. So Ooh, I meant to say spicy. temper. I didn't, I didn't um, listen. I apologize. It's okay. I forgive you. You're at the zoo. We're going to talk about your zoo trip later. Ooh, so yeah, that's a tease right there. Forget LaMelo injury talk. It's some zoo talk. <laughs> it, it does provide you a little window into the tanking conversation surrounding the Charlotte Hornets team. So 
Good news in the fact that it could have been a lot worse for LaMelo. Bad news that this happened in the first place. Bad news that he's expected to miss some regular season time as well. I think with the Hornets roster is currently constructed, not having Miles Bridges at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. them not being very deep anyway, having not brought in outside help because they miss on the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes and they don't really go after anybody else via free agency. Not really. They literally don't go after anybody else outside of Dennis Smith Jr. Um, every game missed by your top player destroys you when it comes to the over-under, right? In a win-now scenario, if the Hornets were looking to contend for a postseason spot this year, which they were, they were, until Miles Bridges caught that domestic okay. fel- uh, felony, yeah. uh, dom- domestic violence charge, right? Until that happened. Which, hey, by the way, by the way, you you were brave enough to say the words domestic violence. I was watching Shams like go over this injury on the rally, and he mentions Miles Bridges, and he just can't he can't say the words domestic violence. He just can't I, say it. It's so I was weird. listening to Bill Simmons too. Like their Hornets are getting featured a lot more in the Wembenyama talks. And they were discussing how, like, Bill Simmons literally said what I've felt this entire time for national media. Everybody's scared to death to talk Miles Bridges. Nobody wants to do it. Not any national NBA media member. So nobody's been talking about it. And that's why. But we have. Right. So, you know, we kind of know what it is. (laughs) You fire James Brago because you want to make a postseason push. And then Mm -hmm. Miles Bridges catches the charge. And then you don't make any outside move. Now LaMelo is going to miss some time. Let's let's call it five games, right? Let's just speak hypothetically. You know, Now you're talking about possible losses to the teams that are tanking, like the Spurs, who you're going to open up with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's that kind of roster, in my opinion, Doug, especially no, no LaMelo. It's going to be brutal, which it does open that door for the tanking conversation we'll start to have as we go on. Well, it opens. It should. I, let me be clear. It, it's yeah. it's not that it, it that it could open up. I think it should be opening up that conversation within the organization because this gives them cover, right? If you like, nobody's gonna fall. I don't think anyone would fault the organization if they said, "Look, yeah, here's the normal timetable for a grade two, but this is the franchise. We want to be extra careful here, and we they've been extra careful with Gordon Hayward in the preseason. They've been extra careful with Cody Martin. They're now going to sit Kelly Oubre and PJ Washington for a couple of preseason games." Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they can be careful that the early part of their ski- season is the softest part of their schedule. It only gets tougher as time goes on. Uh, and they have a lot of young players that they that that uh, uh, the, the GM, Mitch Kupchak, has been on record saying he wanted to see more of last season. And we've seen them this preseason. And I've said they're not ready to play on a team that's legitimately even contending for a play in spot. But if you want to see him, that gives you perfect cover if you want to do a little tank dance. It all happens so fast. <laughs> well, that's how these things happen. Yeah, not, yeah but... Tanks, but, t- actual, listen, actual tanks are slow, but sports tanks are like uh, like fighter jets. They just, you yeah. power them up and they're breaking the sound barrier all of a sudden. Well, the the Spurs the Spurs fans knew what was coming for a long time. Ever since they traded Dejounte Murray, they knew what was coming for a long time. They were going to be in the Wimbledon sweepstakes for quite a while. There are a few teams at the bottom that were always going to be in the Wimbledon sweepstakes, but the Hornets are getting thrown out there a lot more because when you see G League Ignite with Scoot Henderson, okay, who was also awesome, watching that team. 
take on the team from France where you have 7-4, God, Allen Iverson out there. <laughs> so so when you have those prospects, everybody is is wondering how that's going to affect the regular season. And then the way you kind of have that conversation is what teams are primed to just completely abort their mission at the beginning of the year and decide, okay, we want that guy instead of trying to get butts in the seats this year because of long-term play. Even, even from a standpoint where you have to try to worry about the people part of this, as Nada Edwards might say, the people part will be fixed the years after because of the way that Wimbenyama boosts your organization if, if you're successful in getting that guy. Well, so, and they right. The karma has not always played in the Hornets' favor. I mean, historically, they tried. They tried the, one of the greatest tanks of all time. Statistically, did they try that year? I guess, yeah. Well, they I, tried. They the well, part. they tried to. Yeah, I mean, they they tried effectively to tank that season, and they did so by not having any talent, mm-hmm. and and that resulted not in Anthony Davis, but in Michael Kidd Gilchrist. And we we know that the odds are even greater that you don't end up with the number one overall pick or the number two overall pick. So, you know, uh, it would be roll. It would be an extreme roll of the dice. But I will say that I think fans would be more forgiving because of the high-profile nature of the Wibanyama versus Scoot in, in Vegas, th- those games, right? Th- those are high-profile games. A lot of people saw what, what you know, two players that could absolutely change a franchise. And so I think people are, just because of the high-profile nature, if they had never played, there was still some mystery around it, I think people would be like, ooh, is that really worth it? Now I think they will say. But here's the wrench. This is something to keep an eye on, Walker. I, I don't think, and this may have been said at either during media day or at the luncheon or something, but I feel like I recall Steve Clifford saying something to the effect of, I didn't come here to be part of a rebuild, right? Is that am I right on that? Oh yeah, yeah. He he absolutely said that. That's a great point. I think he said that at the luncheon that he didn't right. want to be a part of a rebuild. A- and the the organization, if you remember, it's a great uh, point. when they hired Steve Clifford, put him on a, a show me contract, a really kind of a, a rare thing, I think, in, in coaching contracts, which is a sort of essentially a team option on his contract. And so everything points in that decision to win now. And and this is what I this is kind of what I'm finally wrapping to, is like the Hornets would be in such a better position if they had just before this offseason really determine what direction they wanted the franchise to go and execute it on that. If they really legitimately wanted to win, then you don't, this is even with the, the miles bridges situation. If, if you really wanted to win, you don't go into a season, a preseason without a legitimate backup point guard and without a big rotation that is NBA level. Okay. You just don't. And so they weren't ready to do that. And they weren't ready to tank because of the coaching situation I just outlined. So that, you know, maybe, maybe if they had made that decision, they would have gone out and hired a coach that that was more willing to sh- and better equipped to shepherd in a legitimate rebuild. But now they're caught on the fence. It speaks about the directionless nature of this team where you're not exactly sure where they want to go and you're not exactly sure if they were prepared to go where they wanted to go. And it doesn't seem like they were. And injuries um, might force their hand. Injuries might. Miles Bridges, certainly. I mean... <laughs> I don't want to say it forced their hand because they didn't do anything after that. It, it forced them not to hand. <laughs> they yep. didn't do anything. So well, I want to talk a little bit more about this. Coming up next on Locked on Hornets. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. 
we'll kind of take a look at what this means in the short term too. So we'll still have the bigger picture conversation. I have more things to say about the tank job that could take place this season, but I also want to talk a little about the short term. Let's also discuss prize picks. Prize picks is a website. You can pick two to five players and if they will score more or less than their prize, uh, prize picks projection. So what you're doing is competing against the projections available, not necessarily competing against other people. And what's great about this is that you can win up to 10 times on your money on any entry you put in there. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. That includes not only the NBA or all of the major sports, but you can also go all the way down to men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, yes, even disc golf. You like basketball so much, you can go across the pond and talk about some Euro basketball. Slam ball? Yes, cricket. When they bring that back? Slam I, I, I love when you ask any sport because I'm just going to put it under that caveat and more. It could be. You could be able to bet on slam ball. I don't know. I know how you can find out, though, is by going to prize picks. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. You have safe and fast withdrawals. And plus, it's currently operational in over 30 states, even Canada as well. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. You get the deal. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit matchup to $100. Yeah, we're going to have the tanking conversation. Short term, long term effect of LaMelo's injury. Coming up next, Locked On Hornets. Are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Unless Mitch has Buzz on his lap and Buzz is sort of Santa the vin- style, the, I like it. Oh yeah, or ventriloquist, you know. <laughs> well, let's how how, how much ventrilo- ventriloquist yeah. are we going? <laughs> I don't think anything, or I don't, I don't want to go that much. Whoa, yeah, I don't want to go with ventriloquist. Let's go. I like the Santa style a little bit more. Either one is creepy. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. I want to finish up the tanking conversation a little bit, even though it'll probably be a theme, maybe a theme throughout the regular season. Yeah, that's fine. It's just it's just a rough time right now to be, I think, a Charlotte or even a regional sports fan. I mean, the Braves oh, yeah. lost to the Phillies, heartbreaking, almost, almost had to come back. Yeah. yeah, and the, the Panthers are just an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> it's so bad. I was talking to my girlfriend about it, and she was like, wait, LaMelo's hurt, right? I said, yep. Oh, okay. And wait, is Baker hurt? Yep. Well, who's starting for Baker? Is it Sam? It's no, Terry Sam Darnold's hurt too. <laughs> oh, PJ P- Walker? Huh. It's kind of a bleep show in Charlotte, isn't it? And I was like, yes, it is. That's exactly the way I think. Uh, I yeah. How's Charlotte well. FC doing? They do it at soccer? Is that, are they doing okay? Missed the playoffs. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's, an ex- it's a little bit better for them. Expansion team, right? I, you know, it's very easy to say they missed the playoffs and then lump them in there. But first year, um, the, 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 and plus, What's great about Charlotte FC is that they are following in the footsteps of every other team that, hey, it's an expansion team. We'll give them some hope. And then, of course, they just won't make the postseason. Now, Panthers have had some some nice results. Either way, no more Charlotte FC. Let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets. Um, It's okay. I forgive you, dude. Charlotte Hornets, man. um, The reasons to tank, obviously, it's for Victor Webanyama and the awesome consolation prize. Probably the best number two 
consolation prize that you could get in the NBA draft recently. You know, there, there have been Evan Mobley comes to mind for Cade Cunningham and vice versa, whatever you were going to get there. Just really, you know, this this uh, two years ago in the NBA draft. But Scoot Henderson, Victor, like we're talking about Victor being one of the best prospects ever. LeBron as Kareem esque if you're going big guys and and that kind of nature. And Scoot's going to be awesome, too. OK, mm-hmm. so that's the reason to tank. And people will say, well, look, they've actually dealt with the odds. The NBA has to the point where if you're in the bottom three, if you are the third worst team in the NBA, then you have the same odds as the worst team. 14. I've always fought against. Yeah. Yeah, I've always fought against that, though, because you're still trying to get to that level, right? So I think the NBA's done a fine job with the way that they have to try to manipulate the odds in order to to deter egregious tanking. But if you're an NBA team, you're still trying your best as a mediocre or bad NBA team to get in the very, very bottom three, right? So you're still trying to lose as many games and lose as many games as possible to stay in that group. Those are all the reasons to do it. The reasons to not is the fact that you might just be that third team on the outside looking in where there are clearly two huge cash prizes with Wembenyama and Scoot Henderson. The other thing is, Doug, you talked about the worst year in sports history as it as it pertains to a winning percentage. Basketball history, we, we know the Lions went over one year. But the Bobcats going 7-59 and was just freaking brutal. And their reward for that was MKG. Mm-hmm. And I love MKG, man. He won Anthony Davis. And when you lose again... It's an understatement. After, That's an official it's, understatement. It's really hard to think that this was a team with LaMelo Ball that was ready to take that uh, that next step. They were ready to take another jump. Whether they were going to trade Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier for something that would help them for the now and the future. When it is LaMelo and Miles and P.J. Washington, you're having to try to figure out whether you want to pay him for the long term because he does fit as a role player on a team that can make it into the postseason, and you're looking for that next star, right? So think about it. LaMelo, Miles, bring another star in. That would have made the Donovan Mitchell trade all worth it because you didn't have to completely gut your team, and then you would have somewhat of a big three. But that's not happening anymore, okay? In fact, it's gone completely opposite. It has gone 180 degrees. So that we're still relatively fresh off that here in Charlotte. That, that was the vision all the way up until June. <laughs> so here we are as the season starts, and now you're legitimately having a Wimbenyama conversation, which is great if you get it. But if you don't, which brings me home to this point, it is devastating. To have to go through that type of losing season after the expectations we had, even the worst expectations on the Hornets were that they'd make the play in, right? I mean, now if you don't get Wimbenyama or Scoot Henderson at the end of all of this, you have LaMelo Ball, who everybody's been desperate to keep happy for the most part. Now if you're LaMelo, you have to understand it's a lot of money to turn down. It's a lot. I can't tell you that I'm 100% confident he would absolutely take it given what position the Hornets could be in if they don't get the first or second pick. If they get it, then you're feeling fantastic, okay? It's tough, man. That's tough, especially if you don't. So 
I, it, it looks like that's the best option here, though, still, Doug, w w even with the awful risk that could take place, because then what, what's what's the best that can happen, right? You go for it. You eventually don't get a, a bottom three pick. You don't get Wembenyama or Scoot Henderson. You get a guy that might be good, and he might break out into a star. That That's possible. We've seen that happen. Still, not as likely as Scoot or Wembenyama, and... LaMelo Ball is still being the one-man band that eventually takes you to play in and possibly at the edge of the first round. That's the alternative. It looks like tanking is the option, and it is damn scary to take that option. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in, Walker. I'm going to try to go beat by beat here and give you my my thoughts on on everything that you just, that you just said there. You a lot of great points you made. Number one, I, I think that Wibanyama is so good. 7-4 moves more moves fluid as fluid as somebody uh that that is much uh shorter than he is but he it's he freaking should, ridiculous he can he can he can keep the ball away from anyone in, in terms of his offense I mean he's just an alien it's it's crazy what he can do that I think that when you look at like risk and expected value that he's so good that it makes the risk particularly worth it for a lot of teams and, and two I think that this franchise has not really proven to me that they are able to put enough talent around LaMelo in a non-draft capacity. And honestly, in the past couple of seasons, now I'm starting to do question if they can do it in a draft capacity, if they don't have the number one overall selection in a draft where there is a clear franchise-changing player. I'm not even sure if they can do that. So knowing that, I really feel like this is one of the only avenues they have left to get somebody beside LaMelo Ball that can get this team into contention. And, and I think that the way they would have to maneuver in order to tank is honestly one of the most justifiable tanks that I can think of because yep, they would have to absolutely. move Gordon Hayward, who fans have soured on. They would have to move Terry Rozier, which I think there is a subset of the fan base that really loves Terry Rozier. I'm one of them. I think he's an absolute gamer, ton of heart, amazing offensive player, but he is on a on a tough contract, uh, you know, and 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 it's preventing them from doing some of the things that they want to do. So, you know, that I think that would be a justifiable trade as well. And he has some value. He would have value to a team that needed a little bit of a scoring punch. Uh, and and then, uh, you know, I've, al I've already said that the, these players are so good that that makes it justifiable, that I think fans would understand Wibanyama is such a great prize that it's worth the misery that they would have to endure. And finally, it's justifiable because they do have a lot of young draft picks who need NBA experience. And there's no better way to get them NBA experience than forcing them to play big minutes uh, because you are no longer competing. And, you know, if this would be completely different if it was like a Nixian situation, right? Where you're tanking, you've got no very few future draft picks. You don't have any, you don't have any current draft picks. You haven't, haven't drafted in a while. So you don't have any like young players. I'm talking about the Knicks several years ago, you know, before they started accumulating draft picks again and they drafted Obi Toppin. But they were tanking when they just had no future. And so to me, that's not a justifiable tank because then all of the risk is that you don't get the pick. Because even if, like you said, even if they miss out on the pick, right? If they miss out on one, two, and they drop the three, okay, well, you've got a, a decent a decent pick there to pair with LaMelo, and then you go back to the drawing board in free agency. You've probably, through your tank process, cleared your books. So now you have the opportunity to maneuver a little bit easier in free agency, and, and you can go after it again. So all of that to say that I think this would be one of the more justifiable tanks in NBA history. 
Oh, yeah. And it's exactly why everybody is throwing Charlotte in this mix, especially after hearing the LaMelo news. Because what's crazy about this, it, it's actually not this crazy injury, right? It's probably no. the most forward people have been for a tanking scenario for a guy that might just miss five games. Right. Like, and it's kind of there in the details expected to miss some time at the beginning of the season. People were saying, oh, my God, tank, because this it, it's it's funny. The reaction to the Lamello injury did not necessarily match the actual injury. But that's how dire things are, where you can justify why people reacted the specific way they did. Right. This is not about LaMelo Ball's injury. Let me just no, make that clear. Not. This conversation no. that's heating up right now on this show and among some other people in the NBA and Charlotte commentariat, this, uh, to me, this is all about this pre this last season, the two, really the past two seasons, the two play-in blowouts, and, and the fact that your general management has really done nothing to alleviate the actual on-court problems that led to those two blowouts Okay, you've done nothing to alleviate those things. You're committing basketball malpractice by not having a legitimate backup point guard or an NBA level uh, big rotation. And, and then on a, on top of that, this is what got the conversation heated up for me finally. Which watching this preseason and watching these draft picks, James Booknight, Kai Jones, now Mark Williams, not be ready to contribute, and and it, it probably unfair to expect that of Mark Williams, but Kai Jones, Booknight, you know, not them not being ready yet. It's like, what option do they have? They are so thin at this point. There's there's no help coming if they have two rotation injuries. They, they, to me, they've got to make a choice. Either go into this season and have Steve Clifford cross all his fingers and cross all of his toes and hope that LaMelo comes back and nobody else gets hurt, which is not going to happen. They will deal with injuries, and they will lose because of it because they don't have the depth. So before we'll, – we'll put a bow on this – for the time being, and then we'll move on to some short-term stuff and, and try to finish up a preview and of some zoo the takes. final. I got some, you think I'm heated now. <laughs> Boy, you better wait I, for these zoo takes. I'm excited. I'm oh God, I, I love the zoo. You know me. I love animals. I, I'm, I can't wait. But if you look at who they would be competing with in the women Yama sweepstakes, San Antonio, the team that they're going to play first at the very beginning of the season. Got a, got a great chance right there to just start the tank off right. <laughs> well, like those, it's funny because those games are huge. Bet the online, by the way, Bet online took the line down. They took the, I can't even find the line for that game. It anymore. used to be they, three. The Hornets yeah, were well, that's three point all, road yeah, they're, they're yep. fa Vegas is refiguring that game out. That's correct. Yes, it was three. I saw it was three or maybe three and a half before Melo got injured. Now it is off the line, as you're mentioning. So San Antonio is a team that you're competing with. It's actually teams in the East. OKC, surprise, the perennial tankers. OKC is a team you're going to be competing with. No Chet Holmgren this year, so you don't even get the Wimbenyama light. I didn't even know he was the light of somebody, but he is. He's not even playing this year. So OKC going to be another team, and they'll make a fake SGA injury up. They always do. They already did. And Houston is the other team. So there's three teams in the West that you're competing with. Houston, OKC, San Antonio. They Now, what's interesting about them is I don't feel, Doug, like they have a ton of veterans that they could trade in order to get some more picks, right? Now, OKC doesn't need them. You know, Houston, they've got a lot of young players either. So, okay. Um, they've got closets in their arena full of draft picks. Yeah, so, San yeah, Antonio. Don't put them. Yeah, San Antonio, I don't know about any. You know, Jakob Pertl might be a guy that they look to to move off of. And, that would have been know. a great – again, I mean, we were screaming for the Hornets to get into the Jakob Pertl conversation because it well, seemed – Well, reports 
Yeah, and then it looked like it would cost too much, but you're right. Like it would. You're nice triggering that... me right now. You're saying things like Yakaperto. You're getting me upset, and you know mm. we haven't even gotten to the zoo talk yet, and you're already getting me fired. Malik up. Monk, Nick uh... Batum contract. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> seven and fifty nine. Rufus is no more. Um, you also have the only team in the East that I can see. I mean, Orlando is going to be one team that you bring up, but I love Orlando. Like, they're going to be awesome. They're going to be a league pass team alongside Detroit, where I know your feelings on Detroit. It's like your secret hated franchise, but they're going to be I don't hate them. I don't hate them. I hate everyone that feels like they're going (laughs) to win every single season, and then they don't. Uh, Yeah, Um, but I don't think they're going to win a whole lot. I, I do think that's an exciting team that if the Hornets wanted to be worse than them, they could easily do that. They could easily be worse than Detroit if the Hornets really wanted to. So those are those are the teams you're competing with. And 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 my point is it's very easy to compete with all those teams. If you really wanted to, you get rid of Gordon, you get rid of Terry. The other thing is uh, how mad do you like make LaMelo here? That's that's the tough one. How mad do you make LaMelo? Do do you make him mad to do the unprecedented thing and turn down that type of rookie contract or rookie extension coming his way? Maybe. Well, you got to sell them on know. a vision, and, yeah. and that's what I'm saying, though. Like, what to me the best <laughs> the best vision that they could sell them on is Wembenyama or Scoot Henderson. It's mm-hmm. not going to be uh, what evidence have they given that they can go out into free agency and legitimately make a run at some of these bigger players? They just haven't made that. They haven't made that. Uh, they haven't made that clear. And, and I don't think Lame- to me, if Lamelo bought that, then then he's naive. He would be naive. Um, so, but, but but getting him behind a vision of, Hey, we can go after one of these great players, you know, in this draft and really make a run at this thing. To me, that's a more sellable vision. National media is excited about the potential pairing of Mello and Wimbenyama. Like people, it it would be crazy fun. Yeah. So that would be, that's fantastic. All right. Let's do rapid fire coming up next on the lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We have some short-term effect stuff because we still do have to talk about the season as the roster is currently constructed. So I'm going to throw a bunch of rapid-fire short-term questions at Doug coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Is Locked on Hornets. Well, don't let – hold on. Don't let me end my take on that because that's not what I mean. I don't mean that he shouldn't nope, be in the NBA. No, that's what you meant, and no, it's disrespectful. I mean that – Anthony Tolliver. I'm Trevion Graham. That's who I love. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. The tank episode and the zoo episode is what I want this to turn into in just a moment, but we still have some Hornet stuff. (laughs) What is it? Squidward gets down in fetal position. Future. I don't know. You're speaking. Remember, you get. We have. There's a ten year age difference here, and you're hit. You're right. You've scooted right into the. You've scooted right into the. You've parallel parked right into our age difference. You SpongeBob fans, you know. You know what it is. Everything's Chrome, baby, according to Squidward, and he is not excited about the future. I can't imagine a lot of people are for the Hornets unless you tank. Let's go rapid fire, short term, Doug. What does it mean in the short term? This Lamelo Ball injury. Well, we know that Steve Clifford has already said he's going to start Terry Rozier, which I think was expected. Dennis Smith Jr. has been out a few of these preseason games. He did play in the last one, but he was out in the two previous for personal reasons. And I think there are some serious questions about his readiness to play big minutes just because he's had a lot of injuries over the past couple of seasons. Is he in shape? Is he ready to like take that kind of load? I'm not certain that he is. And I think uh, you know starting Terry Rozier is an indicator of that. Okay, how does it affect Terry Rozier? Of course, he's going to be someone that is thrust into the starting point guard spot, going to be starting in the backcourt. But what do you see now that Terry Rozier doesn't have LaMelo Ball to play with at the beginning of the season? 
Oh, I think it's going to hurt his scoring, right? I mean, you know, he scored a lot because not only because LaMelo uh, was somebody that could draw attention away from Rozier, but but because LaMelo was facilitating to Rozier in the corner a lot. Um, So, you know, I I think his his scoring definitely goes down as he takes some more of that responsibility, but also the overall ball movement's going to be reduced because Terry is not the playmaker. uh, This is Here's my understatement of the show. Terry is not the playmaker that LaMelo Ball is. Uh, so yeah, they're they're going to fill you know one of the wing spots with either Ubre or Cody Martin to go alongside of uh, Gordon Hayward and uh, PJ Washington and either Mason Plumley or Nick Richards depending on Mason's injury. But yeah, I think uh, it's going to affect the scoring, which is going to hamper an offense that really hasn't shown that it is the same offense that it was last year, even with Lamelo. Yeah, Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier usage. Going right on up there, baby. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, a lot of ISO. I'll say that. Yeah, a lot of yeah. probably a lot more one-on-one basketball than we're used to. Okay, how does it affect Dennis Smith Jr., the guy that they brought in very last minute to be a potential backup uh, backcourt guy? Well, I think he's unguaranteed still. We haven't got an mm-hmm. announcement about a guaranteeing of his contract. I would say this dramatically increases the probability uh, that he because I haven't <laughs> yeah. seen any other point guards right. uh, play. I mean, Jaylen nobody Crutcher. that oh, Jaylen. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> okay. Jalen Crutcher has yeah. not been very good point guard in summer league and and hasn't uh, been that excellent in preseason either. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm still going to stand by what I said and that I haven't seen a legitimate point guard option other than Dennis Smith Jr. and Terry Rozier. So, yeah, I think he probably gets gets it guaranteed. Uh, there, is a, there is a little bit of a wild card and X Factor still hanging out there, a big name. You know it. Um, I do. Let's not do that one right now. This I, uh, sensory overload. I want to talk about Ant. It's Kimba Walker. Get to the zoo. Um, <laughs> thank you. I didn't know you were talking about anyone. Do you want to go anyone else? Right, that it affects, or did you want to do some preview? Let's do preview stuff. Well, just real recap. quick, just Kimba Walker. I mean, okay. he. You know, we saw him sitting uh, in between a couple of Hornets executives, including James Jordan, uh, in the in in the Greensboro Coliseum for that Boston game, and. You know, I said in my solo show that I did earlier this week that we shouldn't take that to mean that he's it's going to be automatic that the Hornets would make him an offer if uh, if and when it looks inevitable that Detroit, once they can come to terms with Kimball on a buyout, that that buyout will occur. Uh, but I don't know that you, you know, maybe it affects that. But again, this is going to be a short-term injury, most likely, for uh, LaMelo, unless there's a setback in rehab. Uh, so I don't know if you go and make another offer uh, to, to Kimball Walker uh, just just to deal with that injury. But but I think it does increase the probability for sure. Well, I, I think it's also a win-now move, so you have to decide the whole tanking thing. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have to make a call. Yeah, they do. It's going to be really tough. Um, you sent me a picture, and it was with you and your baby inside the kangaroo exhibit at the zoo today. Mm-hmm. You are hanging with the ruse, baby. That's awesome. Yeah, a couple you of ruse. You know I love the zoo. Up. Was it as awesome as it looked, Doug? It's good. You know, the zoo is a good experience, but I do have a couple of zoo takes. Got a couple of bones to pick with the zoo. Oh, no. Uh, not enough animals. I just feel like when I was a kid, there were a lot more animals in the zoo. And this may not be a bone to pick with the zoo. It may be more of a bone to pick with uh, the human race uh, for endangering, <laughs> yeah. troubling, troubling so many species on the take planet. More with- zoo. We need to take more animals out of the wild. And, and cage him up. I feel that. No, I'm not like. Well, that. Yes, no, you know, zoos play. Yeah, I mean, certainly yes, there are, are some bad zoos out there, but legit, I think legitimate zoos tend to play a good cons- conservation role they by do. giving. Absolutely. 
It's right. all love for the zoos. But I'm just saying, like, we would go to these exhibits, and there would be, like, one bird in the whole exhibit. I'm like, you can't give me two birds, maybe, like, three birds. I'm trying to impress this kid here, and, and you know, uh, give me a little help. I, I mean, I see, like, a bear, but he's, like, you know, he's 100 yards away. I mean, you can't, you know, what the, what's, what's And he's what's sleeping, happening? yeah. <laughs> oh, yo, yo, don't even get me started with the how many animals are sleeping. I mean, what is, uh, you know, come on. What is this, camp? Like, let's go. I mean, come on. I, I want to see a show here. Let's go. What One zoo take that stuck with me was I, w- I was younger and I was with my my older brother he's like 12 years older than I am so the age difference is pretty big there but we were at the zoo he w- we were at the tiger exhibit and it was pretty damn close to us and my brother said you know as you get older you appreciate a tiger in your presence way more than just the obscure animal that looks wild that you might have liked a lot more as a five to ten year old just being in the presence of a tiger at at, at the adulthood at, at whatever age is considered adulthood you appreciate that the lion the elephant more so than the kids who have seen that already on a million coloring books and they want to see the wild reptile at that type of exhibit do you feel that take is that something you experience as a father now uh, yeah, no, I mean, you are, I think you are always overwhelmed uh, by the beauty and the power of nature, uh, you know, when it decides to be awake. Uh, that's all I'll say. When it decides to get up off its patoots and yeah. uh, show my kid a good time. You know, it's all about me. That's what I'm saying. The zoo really is a personal experience for me. And uh, I, I uh, struggled in this. I'm going to give it another shot, uh, you know, when maybe in the spring. Uh, but this this was a this was a tough zoo hang, but but she got a lot of it. I mean, she was she right. know, she enjoyed the whole thing. Although I think it was funny. At one year old, she was laughing more at all the pictures of the animals and the actual animals themselves. So I think that's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, but yeah, the zoo, just wake the animals up. That's all I'm saying. And then, and not don't do anything like I'm not saying like hurt the animals, but you know, just go in there and just hey hey buddy hey 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 kids are here. And, and while you're at it, do that to Mitch Kupchak as well. You know, just, <laughs> Just go. Just go. Hey, Mitch. Hey, make it. Make it. Make it. Make a call. Tank. Come on. You gonna tank? You gonna you gonna compete? You gonna tank? My kid wants to see do something crazy. Let's do it. Thanks for making. Yeah. A lot of kids want to see the Hornets do something. All right. Thanks for (laughs) thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen every day. For your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just thirty minutes every day with Lockdown NBA. Again, your half hour update on everything taking place within the association. One more preseason game to go. We'll be back to recap that with you tomorrow. Coming up on the Lockdown Hornets podcast.